Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week we're talking with one of my favorite people to follow, Julia Roy of Work Hacks. She has got probably one of my favorite newsletters out there, as well as some of the best how-to video tutorials on digital clutter, productivity, And in this conversation, we have a lot of fun talking about some of the lesser stated things that you need to think about when it comes to productivity in terms of your environment when it comes to where you're choosing to work, your work modes in those places, and physiological, psychological triggers to your work from your body, your environment, etc. It's a really fun and interesting conversation. I really enjoyed this. And I really enjoyed learning that Julia has a new podcast out there called How We Work Now that she has just started. So you're going to want to go over and check that out as well. And I've linked it up in the show notes, which you can find at beyondthetodolist.com slash 144. So be sure to check that out, as well as all the other links to the cool stuff that is mentioned in this episode, as well as our sponsor for the week, Todoist. If you're paying attention, that should sound familiar to you because the founder of Todoist, Amir Salihafendich, was on the show last week. You probably remember some of what went into making Todoist as we talked with Amir last week. One of the things that should have stood out to you if you listened to that conversation was the building of a personal productivity system. And Amir built Todoist with that goal in mind. The Todoist team has spent the last year reconceptualizing how to make Todoist business better for your teams. They've added new features like team activity log, project comments, smarter notifications. They've even updated the natural language quick ad to make teamwork more transparent and efficient. With Todoist Business, you can add up to 50 of your team members on 14 different platforms. That includes iOS, Android, Windows, Google Chrome, Gmail, and you can connect Todoist to over 20 awesome third-party apps like If This Then That, Google Drive, Dropbox, 1Password, and more. You don't have to have a business to use Todoist Business, but if you have a team of any sort, see how your team can become much more organized and efficient by visiting todoist.com slash business today to start your 14-day free trial of Todoist Business. Again, that's todoist.com, T-O-D-O-I-S-T dot com slash business. Thanks, Todoist, for supporting Beyond the To-Do List. We appreciate the work you're doing, making teams and businesses more productive. This week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show the queen of work hacks, Julia Roy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me. You have a very NPR 
voice. In a sense. I, I have a face for radio. <laughs> that is not true. I know Clay. Clay doesn't like when I say it, but I I love that statement so much because yeah. it really does. Every time I speak on the microphone, I'm like, "This is what I've been meant to do." Yeah, there you uh, go. And you're working on a show, which I'm just going to jump in and say, like, I'm personally, I'm excited to hear you create and then produce and put out there because of what the subject matter is and how you're going about it. Yeah. So I have a show, How We Work Now. Um, At the time of this recording, I've done 25 interviews so far, but I haven't launched yet. So I'm launching on Monday. I really wanted to get some of the episodes in the queue so I could stay and hopefully I'll stay ahead of the game. Um, and it's basically, it's a show that interviews successful people about how they get their work done, you know, how they um, set up their day, their habits, their rituals, but also, you know, the mindset that that is behind their ability to create work that matters and that's meaningful to them. And in thinking about that topic, you know, there's so many different kinds of um, work and kinds of people. And so uh, I decided to break it up into seasons. And when I was going through this process, a literary agency reached out to me and asked me if I uh, had ever considered writing a book. And that was super exciting to me. And I thought maybe the podcast and the book could kind of, you know, merge together and and, and I could develop them um, in concert with each other, both moving forward. And in thinking about that, I really wanted to be able to group together different just time different kinds of work and what that requires. So um, it's no big surprise. Uh, I'm starting with writers. So there's going to be themes. And the first theme in this season is writers because writing has just been such a struggle for me. It's like, yeah, I want to write a book. And then the actual process of sitting down and writing and going and becoming now a writer, which um, I would up until this point would not consider myself. I mean, I can tweet, I can do 140 characters. (laughs) Uh, So it's really has been basically therapy sessions for Julia. Uh, where I just, you know, ask them questions to, to help me figure out my own process and system and workflow. Because just like anything, you know, writers, there is no right way. There's just the way that works for you. People always ask, you know, what's the best, you know, to-do list app or whatever. I'm like, well, how do you currently manage to do? It's like, well, I manage it on paper. I'm like, Does, is it working? They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, that's the best system. Then. Right. Uh, you know, we're always looking for the next kind of greatest thing, but I hope that um, this podcast, and so I'm starting with writers and I believe the next season it might change is uh, founders. And I just want to interview people that I'm really fascinated. Like, how do you wake up at 5 a.m. and write you know, 3000 words every day. Like what, how how do you do that both in terms of the system that you set up, but also your mindset? Um, the same thing with founders, you know, managing, you know, 10, 20 people to start a company. You know, what is that like? And I'm hoping that I'm able to, you know, really with the writer season, I already find these common themes and these overarching principles that I can then pull out uh, and talk about. But I just hope that it helps people find their own process and system by just hearing about a lot of different ways that um, a group of you know writers from all kinds of angles have been able to make writing a successful career for themselves. I've been following you probably since, and I'm pretty sure this is right, Blog World 2012 in New York City. Probably. I lived right around the corner from the yeah. Javits Center. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you were like there. you were in one of the sessions that I was in and I know and it was all about like blogging or some something some crazy stuff. And anyway, had to log into WordPress. And you were making all these sassy comments and tweets, and I was just like, I gotta follow her. So <laughs> long story short, 
eventually I just started noticing you were doing stuff that was really cool and I started following and you were doing all this stuff about like how to do work digitally, how to digitally, you know, how to do di- deal with digital clutter and tool candy. That, that, geez, I got just got to say, like, love that. Like having, because you did what, like 30 days of a tool a day mm-hmm. on the I newsletter? Still- I still do it every well. I've, it's I've, not. It's, it's like not daily now, but it's like once uh, a week. It's once a week for sure. Yeah. Um, so Tool Candy uh, is because I love uh, new tools, uh, well-designed tools. You know, I'm the person that will try all of the productivity apps um, just because I geek out over that kind of stuff. Um, and then I find that it's the best way to introduce people sometimes to productivity. So they think that they have a like tool process problem, like they just don't have the right things, right? So I dangle tools in their face, like kind of like the candy that gets you know them into the van. Um, and then once they're in the van, I'm like, all right, so it's a, it's, it's never a productivity problem. It's never the problem with the tools. It's always, you know, with a company, it's a culture problem. And with a person, it's a, you know, I fear success or I fear failure or, um, you know, it's always a lot deeper, um, than just, you know, I don't have the right tools, but tool candy. I love because people, it's such an easy entry. If, If I tell you that I want to help you be more productive and get more done and find, you know, more meaning and blah, blah, you know, it's a very personal kind of thing that is typically, you know, not um, really understood on the surface. It's like this deep emotional, um, you know, issue or, or block uh, that's keeping them from really achieving what they know they're capable of. But to say this app is going to help you, it's a perfect, it's like the gateway drug. It like gets people in and allows you to have that conversation about, um, you know, well, maybe, you know, maybe meetings aren't the problem. Maybe the problem is that you don't allow people at the company to make decisions. So you have to have meeting after meeting after meeting in order to get the right person in the room and then a decision can happen. Uh, so it's usually never the, you know, process, not never the process, but, um, fixing the process is, is typically just like the icing on the cake. Yeah. It's usually people are focused in on the symptoms and you Mm -hmm. get right to the diagnosis of, okay, it, you're dealing with symptoms. Cool. Let's, let's pacify you in that sense. But now that I've got you in here, by the way, you've got mm-hmm. cancer. You got productivity <laughs> cancer, or something. <laughs> and I have to be honest. I have a. Re- I struggle with uh, that work because, you know, it's fun to go into a meeting. I have a really great presentation called "You Suck at Email," <laughs> which basically it's like you know we all suck at email, but it's not our fault. We were never taught. You know, you're thrown an email address, and then you just go like play nice with other people. It's the thing that we use to manage. I mean, we use it for so much more than it was intended for, and that it's really you know meant to do. And we wonder, you know, why uh, we have you know, a thousand emails in our inbox. It's just a terrible to-do list, but that's what we use it for. Um, so it goes basically like through like how we can communicate better via email and the same thing with meetings and people love that stuff. But as soon as I talk about, you know, leadership and kind of how, you know, we collaborate together as a, you know, as a, as a cohesive team, then it becomes much more like, it's like the CEO can't let go. And it just trickles down to everyone in the organization. It's hard having those conversations with the people up at the top because that's typically where it starts. And with personal productivity, it's the same thing. Like, you know, your computer isn't the problem. You know, how many hours you have isn't the problem. Like, you know, it really does come down to, you know, your relationship with your, with your work and, you know, with yourself. And I've, I've struggled with that in terms of consulting because it's, it's always you come to this uncomfortable, realization that, well, none of this is going to matter until they deal with this issue of like, for example, like not being able to 
let go and let other people do work for them in a way where they really trust them. Totally. I just find it so fascinating. Yeah. It's taken me a while to kind of come around and realize that maybe I need to have a lot of great people that love to do that and recommend their work. If you're one of those people, reach out to me. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I, I see from you is kind of almost a, a working out of that personal touch, that, that personal like d- digging into your own depths of like, okay, I, if I'm going to prescribe all this stuff to other people, then I've got to actively be working on it on myself as well. Because so many of us right now are doing digital work. We're not working with our hands. We're staring at screens. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different ways we can go with this. Like there's the digital clutter aspect, there's organizing, there's naming conventions and storage <laughs> and filing and knowing where to find things. Like let's go there for a little while. Sure. I, I mean, you, you've done, you, you have a, bu- actually you've got a fr- bunch of free trainings and I'll link, I'll link up to all this stuff in the show mm-hmm. notes. Trust me. But um, where would you suggest I, I guess I would say describing the problem is that we can almost go, we can almost become desensitized from staring at our screens so much, or you know, having it almost be like a a HUD, um, you know, a user heads up user interface or whatever, mm-hmm. where we just become so blind to all the clutter at all times. How do we start to deal with that and actually focus and have attention? Uh, so there's a, there's some studies done that uh, you know the brain like so I, I love neuroscience uh, and I wanted to start I had I started I recorded one episode and launched it brain hacks because uh, it was my like I, I really wanted to to talk about neuroscience from a complete amateur just learning and and but then I kind of felt like it's just so hard because you don't want to give people misinformation and, and all that so I I, I nixed that pretty quickly but uh, I really did. All of this came from, this was probably like five or six years ago now where I had, I mean, there's no better way to call it. It's like a mental breakdown um, where if I opened up my, I'd wake up in the morning and open up my, my, my computer and I'd have these panic attacks. If I had more than two tabs open, I would just feel this stress and anxiety of like, what am I doing? Where, like, like what goal am I trying to achieve? And there's so many things I can be doing. I could be checking my email. I could be, you know, and I look at my desktop and there are files from last week, you know, a PowerPoint presentation I need to work on that's due in like four months. So should I work on that or should I, you know, and just all of this kind of, um, and even if I had a plan or a list, I'd worry or those are things I should be working on. Um, even though I, I've just, I decided that a month ago, is that still the things I should, I just, I had this, this anxiety I couldn't deal with. Um, so then, you know, at the end of the day, you know, all of this is a neurological, you know, it's just blood flow and synapses and energy. Um, and so when I really started to dig into it, um, a lot of my fascination with digital organization and all of that comes from the fact that when we stare into our computers, the brain doesn't distinguish between. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right 
right people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply digital reality and real reality, meaning if someone sends you an email that's very complimentary, it's just praising you, praising you, you get this, you get the same neurological, like the serotonin and the dopamine or whatever, you get the same neurological process as if someone were standing in front of you and saying that to your face. You know, we, we look into our computers and we see all of these things and the brain sees those things as real. Um, although logically we are like, well, I know the difference between, you know, looking at my house and right. looking at my computer. But when it comes to like our automatic processes and systems and the way, like, you know, the, 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 the connection between ideas, you know, the brain sees whatever's inside our computer the same way it sees everything that's outside. Um, and so when you think about, you know, you, you open up a computer, like I'm so overwhelmed. I'm stressed. I have so much to do. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, this, I talk about this with email when you have, you know, 20, <laughs> crazy people, they have 21,000 emails in their inbox and they wonder when they open their email inbox, why they're stressed. And I just say like, select all, select all, all now hit archive. None of those are gone, but it's kind of like if you were to walk into your house and there's, you know, newspapers from four months, from four months ago, stacked up, you know, right in the front door. Like if our house, if our physical space looked like our digital space, we wouldn't be able to live there. We'd be hoarders. We'd be on that show. Um, you know, we just wouldn't be able to deal with it. And we've under, we've started to understand that, you know, if you're overwhelmed and stressed, like maybe clean up your desk space, like make your physical space a little bit more organized. That'll prep you for, you know, doing work. And that makes us feel a little bit better, but we really haven't taken that next step to then look inside our computers and go, Oh, like this is also creating this undercurrent of like overwhelm and stress, overwhelm and stress, having, you know, documents on your desktop that, you know, you don't even know where, what they are, or where they come from, but you have, you know, 50 things just covering your desktop screen. You might not consciously be aware of how that's impacting you. Um, but your unconscious mind is very much aware um, of those things in the background is taking note. And I have a course, Digital Sanity, which basically um, walks people through my process and the thing that I did to uh, create order uh, in my digital files. Uh, so 
it starts with, um, you know, taking what you have and archiving or, you know, getting basically putting stuff in storage. You know, we have, we're such information hoarders. It's insane. You know, all the PDF, if you look in your downloads folder, like all the free PDFs, all of the eBooks, all of the, you know, images you download, like free stock images. And, you know, we just keep downloading, 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 but we don't really organize it in a way that makes any sense. So if you think about what a hoarder is in physical, in the physical world, you know, it's this insatiability. Like we just, they just keep acquiring things, but yet it's just all piled on top of each other. And it does create like this, you know, that's why minimalism is just so liberating. You know, we think the more stuff we have, the more prepared we'll be and the more, you know, whatever. But as soon as you get rid of the stuff that you don't need, this sense of just like euphoria comes over you where you just feel free. You know, you feel free from um, all of that stuff you've been holding on to that you haven't done anything with, but you know that you should. You know, that dress that I bought for $100 that I'm never going to fit into and that I don't even really like, but it's still in my closet, you know, because I just, you know, I spent $100 on it and I might fit into it one day and I might like it one day and that style might come, you know, back around. But it's like once you send it to Goodwill or do whatever with it and get rid of it, you're like, thank God that thing's gone because it does take up mental space. We forget that everything that we hold in our conscious awareness um, and that we remember and that we know is there holds up like a little piece of space and really letting those things go. So the course is really about archiving and putting in storage the things uh, that you haven't accessed in a year or more, taking what is remaining and just naming it properly so that you can search for it. Because search is so good that we really shouldn't have to, you know, we overfold our everything. We, we don't remember where we put it. And if, but if we can search a keyword, um, you know, everything's really easy to find. And then automating that system moving forward. There are tools like for the Mac, uh, Hazel, which, for example, you know, if a photo is sitting on my desktop for more than two weeks, it auto files it into my photo archive folder, which then syncs to Dropbox and then kind of gets them off my computer and kind of puts them in a place that I know where they are. Uh, so, you know, I don't have to manually organize stuff some, so much. Uh, and I really love the course because it really, you know, or just the whole digital file orga- organization thing, because we really do, we really treat our digital things in a way that we do not treat our physical things. And that does have a big impact on just the little time that it takes and the frustration of can't find the file, don't know where where it was, um, have no idea if it's in my downloads folder, if it's on my desktop, or if, it, or if I filed it away somewhere. When you take ownership of the things that you have and mostly get rid of all the things that you don't need that you downloaded at some point and kind of letting those things go um, goes a long, long, long way in uh, helping just same, the same thing with emails and anything that we do digitally. Like we just, we, we, we hold on to things because we think like I should respond to this email. But if we were to be really honest with ourselves, you know, we really don't need to if we archived it, if it's really important, they'll get back to us again and they'll bring it back up into our inbox. And if we let it go, there's just so much good that comes from it. And it's the same thing um, with the digital files and all that kind of stuff that we save to our computer and think that we might need at some point. But even if we did need it at some point in the future, we probably wouldn't be able to find it. Yeah, I'm tracking right there with you because I've gone through a, a number of your courses. And so I can't highly enough recommend them. Uh, I'm I'm a nerd where I will... Every six to nine months or so, do a clean install of my Mac OS and start from scratch after backing everything up. And huh. the, just the freedom that that's like, 
oh, there's nothing on this computer. Right. It's, an, it's an empty workspace. I'm, I've installed just my stock apps that I know I need, like Text Expander and uh-huh. you know One Password and a few others. It's like starting over and then only bringing on the things that I absolutely need. Yeah, I just recently um, became. Uh, it's so interesting that you say that. It, it, you know, I think that you know, it's like all those people. To, this is just another form of self help. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's really again, it's not about the files. It's about your relationship with them. Um, you know, it's your relationship with all of those things that you have on your computer that you either started and didn't finish. You know, all of the half finished blog posts, all of you know, and it's and it's all there. And we're so um, you know, we hold on to it, but yet we don't treat it in a way that gives it really any. Um, like respect or love, it's you know, it's kind of like going into a teenager's room and their clothes are all over the floor and you know everything's everywhere and they're just a slob and you're like, you don't appreciate me. You have to organize this stuff. Um, and it's, we do the same thing with you know our ideas and our in our powerpoints and our files and our photos and you know all of that. Um, we're so and it's interesting to me because it's like you realize something that a lot of people struggle with, which is um, you know having that clean start and and letting go all those other apps you downloaded because you know at the end of the day it's we don't want to want to admit we were wrong this is the kind of same thing with the dress we don't want to admit i don't want to admit that i spent a hundred dollars on something that wasn't really my style and that i was never going to fit into because that says something about me but if i hold on to it then i might be able to prove right that decision that i made um in the past uh, and so, but once you kind of, you know, are able to let go of that, um, it doesn't happen overnight, but in small ways, it just totally transforms the way that you think about your work and you think about like what is required in order for you to be happy. You know, like that dress is not making me happy, so I should get rid of it. And it's kind of the same thing if you, you know, I have this problem with apps is I just love, 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 love apps. And I have so many apps on my computer that I'll end up searching Google for the app that I know I have on my computer, but I just can't find. Um, and so I've been doing that same thing where, uh, I get rid of it, but it's that, that space is so creating that clean space is so important. I've recently become fascinated with this idea of how our, for example, so Hemingway, he never ate at his, at his desk. He never read the newspaper, never talked on the phone, never opened his mail. When he was at his desk, he wrote like, that's it. And he designated that unique space and, uh, when it was time to write, he stood in the same place, used the same tools, the same exact way every single day. But if we fast forward to today, you know, our world of work is completely digital. The only thing we need is Wi-Fi in our computer so we can work from you know, on anything, from anywhere. We hardly notice our physical environment anymore. But it's such a mistake because, our again, our habitual unconscious mind is very much aware of our surroundings all the time. It uses cues like time, locations, our senses to trigger these automatic thoughts and behaviors. So when you have that clean install, like it triggers like this sense of like fresh start, like like. And, and it resets, you know, your thinking uh, in a way that's super, super beneficial and useful. So we need to use our physical digital space better to stay focused and productive and in the zone. Um, you know, I even have a thing where I have different um, logins for my computer, you know, just for different users that just have different apps in the dock and um, different background images. And it's not that you know, going into this new workspace is, is, is creating this super focused mindset. It's that your mind is triggered when it sees different things. It's like when you walk into the kitchen and you go to, um, like do something, you go to the kitchen because you need to 
put a dish in the, in the sink, but then you find yourself staring in the fridge and you come to, and you're like, why am I looking in the fridge? And you realize it's because when you walk into the kitchen, your mind is triggered to eat and to look in the fridge and to see, you know, to do that. So you weren't consciously like, I want to look in the fridge and get something to eat, but your mind automatically went there and brought you there. And it's the same thing with our work where we open up, you know, if we open up our computer and if we see, you know, something on the desktop or whatever, it will trigger a habit or habitual set of set of thoughts and behaviors um, that are unconscious to us, but they just kind of, they flow through. Um, so that's why uh, I think it's uh, Stephen King that talks about how, like, if you have a writing place that you write, like, put it in the corner where you're, like, little, literally standing, staring into a blank wall, like, in the corner of a very, uh, of a very bland room and do it at the same time and sit in the same chair, you know, the same exact way every single time you do that because it's going to help you pull through because you're not going to, your mind isn't going to distract you so much with other thoughts that happen when it's in that zone. So it's talking about like designating work only zones where it's like your physical space is the same when you do certain things using cues like audio and certain playlists and repeating that over and over again. And then also maybe designating different devices for different things, like taking an old laptop, removing everything but your writing app and only writing on that laptop and not doing anything else. It's going to make doing that work not necessarily easier, but you're going to be less inclined to get distracted. Yeah, you're setting yourself up for oh gosh, it's that same principle. You carry it over to like your your bed, where you, yeah. you only do certain things in that bed, and that's it. Like sleep specifically, mm-hmm. and then th- that way, when you go and you lay down, there's no other options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's by limiting those options that suddenly the distractions aren't there because you've made it so that there are fewer options. Your brain associates spaces and places with what you do there. And so, right. Like if you check your email to that and then you try to go to sleep with, you know, in your, on your phone, you try to go to sleep, not only the blue light, cause that, you know, that's a whole other thing with melatonin, melatonin. But if you read in bed and watch movies in bed and then also try to sleep in bed, you should not be so surprised when your mind is thinking about all of these things like, Oh, that new TV show is out. And, Oh, I wonder if this person has written back to me yet. This is an important project. And we wonder why we can't turn it off is because your brain associates bed with all all of those things, not just sleep. Um, so your brain's, you know, thinking about all those things because you associate that place with all those things. If you want to be more productive when doing certain things, like let's say you're struggling with writing or you want to get proposals out quicker, faster, better, whatever it might be, just simply be, create its own unique space. Just be intentional about where you do it and don't do anything else in that space or set a playlist. I think it's a uh, uh, who is it? Um, oh, Ryan Holiday talks about this where he has like a group of a couple of songs and it's music that he doesn't even like, but it just sets on repeat whenever he tries to, um, whenever he's in that writing mode or writing process and he just sets it on loop uh, because it helps him just stay focused and in the zone. And it's not that this stuff is any magical. It just helps keep other thoughts from popping up and distracting you. Right. Because your mind, it's just easier for your mind to stay in that flow because it's like, oh, yeah, we've been here before. Oh, yeah, we've been here before. Oh, yeah, we've been here before. And this is what we do when we're here. And this is what we do when we're here. The problem is, like, we're, we use our computers for managing projects, checking email, and then we wonder why it's hard to focus and write and, on, in that same environment. 
Yeah, we're such creatures of habit, for better or for worse, that when we sit down at a, a, a screen, whether that's mobile or otherwise, that has the complete knowledge of the universe at our fingertips, totally. we don't know which direction to go because we've not placed any limitations on mm-hmm. what it is we're doing right here, right now. We're using so much of our willpower just to get through the work that we need to do in this, in that place and, and, and saying like, no, I, I know I need to order paper towels, but I'm not going to do it right now on Amazon. It's like, but if I don't do it right now, I'm going to forget. And then I'm not going to paper towels tomorrow. So I might as well just do it right now. And then you're in Amazon and then you're like, Oh, the new Ooh, episode, it's whatever. <laughs> oh, it's prime day. Like, let me look at like $800 headphones, um, <laughs> which I literally did on prime day, uh, that were on sale for like crazy, but I did not buy them. Um, but it's very true. And it's, it's, it's just, we're just constantly, there's so we're so accessible, we're inaccessible. It, I mean, that is the part of the how we work now thing that, um, or you know, the, the inspiration for the podcast is just how do people have their own unique, quirky ways of, you know, really focusing on what matters. You know, figuring out what matters is its own thing. But then once you know, and once you really want to explore that and do the best at, you know, making that, you know, real for yourself, like you know, making that happen. How do you establish both like the the discipline and the creativity and you know all of that stuff that needs to happen for you to really be able to create work that matters on a consistent basis in a way that you know you feel good about and um you know it's it's a constant uh it's a constant dance you know between you your environment the things that are expected of you and just in this world of information information and and there's no there's no end to the amount of things we can get distracted with. And so like, how do you really create that space for yourself that you can exist in a way that, um, you know, you feel good about? And, and this just fascinates me because I struggle with it. And I, I imagine that. I feel you know, the same way. I, yeah, you know, thank God. You're not alone in that. Trust me. Thank God. We all fall off the wagon, then we get back up on. Or However, <sighs> I've always been confused by that phrase it's whether are we on the wagon we off the way whichever way whichever whichever position of the wagon on or off again that we're supposed to be we've been the opposite but then we go back to the good one again there you go well it's like and we just we keep you know as soon as you set a a goal or like a this is what i you just keep pushing the ball forward mm-hmm. like you know you just that goal just keeps getting further and further out like we don't really because productivity is this like, yeah, well, you know, but I have this thing and like, there, there's, and I imagine it's like fitness, anyone that's, you know, in the fitness world or, or, um, also just in the coaching world in general, um, where there's a lot of great advice out there. Um, but you know, to implement it all and to implement it all at the same time, it's just, it's, it's kind of impossible. You have to like choose those, those things in your world, you know, and for me, it was like, I just couldn't take the fact that I had so much stuff on my computer, all the files on my desktop and in my downloads, whatever. But when I needed stuff, I couldn't find it. And that to me was just keeping me, it was just so bothersome to me that I had to deal with it. And um, for some people, you're at that point right now where stuff's all over the place and sometimes you can't find stuff, but eh, whatever. You haven't reached that kind of point yet with that. And so is it a problem? Like maybe, but um, like focus on those things that like are just so obvious to you. And as you kind of tackle them, you just slowly build towards this more productive place and you find your way. Um, I think sometimes we think that like, you know, just like health, it's like if we were to just like completely uproot and, 
you know, become vegan and stop drinking and, you know, all these things. But it's just so unrealistic. Like take it a small step at a time and eventually you'll get to that place because, um, you know, the crash diet and stuff doesn't work. It's not sustainable. And same thing with productivity. Like we try to just say like, I'm in GTD now. I'm going to be GTD. And then, you know, you're hardcore at it for a month. But it, there's so many aspects of GTD that doesn't fit kind of with your personality or the workflow. And so, you know, you, you should just, you know, try it and take the pieces that work for you and the things that really fix those problems that are bothering you and just fix them as they go along. I think sometimes we, we expect that we should just like become like this super productive person that's always just really productive and it just never works out that way. Yeah. There's, there's no easy answers and there's no one size fits all. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I like that you've got, you know, consistent plugging away at it with your courses and the tool candy and the newsletter and everything. So, and want to get in the van? <laughs> get in my productivity van. Oh yeah, my productivity van. Oh gosh, we're we're running out of time here. So let me just say this: we could go on for another whole half hour plus. And what I'm going to say is, people need to jump over and listen to your show Woo-woo. and figure out not figure out. People need to go listen to your new show, uh, how we work now. And go check out workhacks.com. And I'm officially saying you've got an open invitation that as soon as you're ready to come back on the show again, probably when the book is done, you're welcome. Just let me know. And you're, oh, you're, you're thank in. Thank you. So there you go. But you. anywhere else you want to direct people to? No, that's it. Workhacks.com will, will get you everywhere. Awesome. Julia, it's been awesome to have you on the show and come back soon. You rock, Eric. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Julia Roy, and you really need to go check out her podcast, How We Work Now. You can find that linked up in the show notes for this episode at beyondthetodolist.com slash 144. Head on over to the show notes to find not just the link to Julia's show, but all the other links that we mentioned in this episode so you can connect with Julia even more, as well as tweet out the show while you're there. Help others find this show if you appreciated it. Heck, if you liked it that much, go on over to beyondthetodolist.com slash iTunes and leave a rating or a review. I would really appreciate it. It helps new people find the show all the time, just like you did at some point. And I'm glad you did. I'm also glad for Todoist for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List and the work that they've done in the field of productivity and productivity systems, not just for personal productivity systems, but also for businesses and teams. Again, make sure to go check out Todoist Business at todoist.com slash business to get your free 14-day trial of Todoist. That's T-O-D-O-I-S-T dot com slash business and grab that 14 day free trial of Todoist business. Thanks again to Amir and the team over at Todoist for supporting the work here at Beyond the To-Do List. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening. I really hope that you got something out of this episode. If you did, leave a comment over at the aforementioned show notes at beyondthetodolist.com slash 144. I'll look for you there. See you next episode.
Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.